Thank you, Cameron, for reading our scripture. One quick announcement. On Tuesday evening at 530, I want to encourage all the young folks here, actually kids of all ages, we want you to come and meet at 530, correct? 530. And we're going to be going to sing at Olive Grove Terrace and some of the shut-ins. And then after that, we're going to eat pizza, is my understanding. I think that's right. So anyway, we're good. So if you want to participate in that and you're a young person and uh, I qualify in that. Uh, but anyway, we hope that uh, you'll want to be a part of that. 5.30, I think we're supposed to be at Olive Grove Terrace at 6. And uh, we'll sing there. We'll go to a couple of shut-ins homes and then we'll go eat pizza. And so love to have you be a part of that. One other thing, I mentioned this morning that I had gotten a call from the guidance counselor at uh, Lewisburg Intermediate School, and she said that there was one other family that, that they need clothes for their children. And I know it's, it's, it's late in terms of uh, Christmas, but if you would like to help with that, I know that uh, I had a couple of people say they'd be willing to donate uh, some funds. Uh, you could see myself or Debbie Williams or somebody, and we'll be happy to try to uh, help that family. And uh, I know that they, they desperately need our help. We're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 tonight. As we think about surviving the holidays when you're hurting, and really maybe really maybe the thrust of our lesson ought to be how to survive the holidays when you're hurting. The holidays typically are a time of joy and happiness, a time when many of us look forward to being with family and friends and eating good food and exchanging gifts and just enjoying some downtime. And there are a lot of folks that anxiously anticipate the holidays and they look forward to it. And yet, the flip side of that is there are a number of people in and out of the church that for the holidays, it's not something that they look forward to. It's not something they anticipate with joy. And there are multiple reasons for that. And I want to share some of those reasons with you tonight as we think about our study. I want to begin by, first of all, talking about facing crisis as a Christian. Understanding that what might be a crisis to one person might not necessarily be a crisis to another. But nonetheless, all of us, we live here on planet Earth, we understand it's not a perfect world, and there are always difficulties and trials and tribulations, adversities, and so how do we manage those things? How do we get through them? I want you to listen to what Paul said in verse 3 of chapter 1, 2 Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now listen to what he says. Who comforts us in all our tribulation. A moment ago I said that there are a lot of people that anxiously await the holidays. And they look forward to what we typically call a festive time in the year. But there are some that don't necessarily view the holidays as others. It is something to be dreaded. It is something for many that they would just as soon, well, quickly pass. Who are those people? And why is it that they feel that way? Let me just offer 
some reasons why some people, rather than anticipating with joy the holidays, they dread them. One reason is because there are some people that are struggling with some type of debilitating disease or illness. And sometimes it's very difficult to be happy or to put on a happy face when you're hurting. And Paul here speaks of those who are comforted in all their tribulation. In Mark chapter 5, Mark talks about a lady that had been battling a blood disease for 12 years. And the Bible says that she had seen any number of physicians. And rather than getting better, she grew worse. And so you think about the mindset of somebody who is faced with some type of chronic illness and they day in and day out are battling some type of disease or illness, something that is gnawing away at them. When I think about illness and disease, I'm reminded of the fact that Yes, it is a burden physically, but it, it can also be a tremendous burden mentally and emotionally. And there are people in our world today, there are people in the church, their prospects for getting better, their prospects for a brighter day just don't exist. You remember the words of Job in chapter 14, verse 1, when he said, Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. So while there are a lot of folks that joyously anticipate the holidays, there are some because of their physical limitations and disabilities are not looking forward to the holidays. As a matter of fact, they may even dread the holidays because quite frankly, they just don't feel good. Let me give you another reason why some people dread the holidays. Divorce. I've read what the Bible has to say about marriage and what the Bible has to say about divorce as well as you. And I think about the words of Malachi many years ago when God said that he hated divorce. And I understand that God is the one that designed the home and God is the one that said in the long ago that what he has joined together, man, man is not to put asunder according to Matthew 19.6. Some of us here tonight, we are the products of divorced homes. My folks divorced when I was probably 19. My youngest brother was 11 or 12. And because of that, I, I wish that some way I could articulate or put into words how I feel about the holidays and about divorce and about family, etc. The most charitable thing I can say is this. Every year it's hard. Every single year. When my folks first divorced, I tried to please both of them because they're not living together anymore. And so if I'm with one, I'm trying to think about getting to be with the other. I'm worried about hurting one's feelings and neglecting the other, etc. I mean, all these things are flooding your mind. The bottom line is this. For years, I tried to make everybody else happy, and I myself was miserable. 
Did I cause it? No, I did not. But do I live with the consequences? Yes, I do. And so, a lot of times when the holidays come, I've often thought I'd like to just somehow magically move the calendar up and it'll all be over so I don't have to face it. But I do. And you do if you have divorce in your family. There's another reason why the holidays can be difficult, and that is because of death. I have never preached a lesson on trying to survive the holidays when you're hurting. But I've known a lot of folks through the years that have lost loved ones, and I guess as I get older in life, the more keenly I become aware of the fact that those losses mount up. In John chapter 11, when Jesus lost his friend Lazarus, there are so many things that are packed in that one chapter, and yet one short verse stands out. Jesus wept. And to think about the pain of losing a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, a brother, sister, grandparent, whomever. And sometimes we talk about when we face a loss, there are multiple firsts. The first Thanksgiving without that loved one. The first birthday. The first Christmas. That first year can be so painful. And for many people, and some of you here tonight, you have lost Loved ones over the course of this past year. Just about a month ago, my aunt died. 73 years of age. Diagnosed with cancer. Given 4 to 12 weeks to live and she lived 6 weeks. Split the difference. So you think about those of us who are here tonight who are not going to experience the holidays with people that typically we've spent time with in days gone by. So can that be hard? Yes, it can. And then just throw in all of the other difficulties of life. How many people are going to face the holidays having lost a job, having some type of financial reversal? And then one other thing I think about families that have disputes, ongoing feuds. Do you remember back in the book of Genesis? The story is told of Jacob and Esau. And you remember Esau supplanted his brother and got his blessing. Or rather, Jacob got his brother Esau's blessing. And so, after all was said and done, you remember what Esau said? The time of my father's mourning is at hand. In other words, he's not long for this world. And when my father's gone, guess what? I'm going to kill my brother. There are a lot of families in our world, and yes, even in the church, where there are feuds or disputes, there are conflicts. And because of those conflicts, doesn't make for a happy holiday season. Now, secondly, how then do we find comfort as a Christian? Is it possible for us to be comforted in times of duress, in times of sadness? 
Is it possible for us to find happiness or comfort as we face the holidays? Well, my answer is yes. There are no magical formulas. There are no magic wands that we can, wa that we can, that we can wave and just erase all the problems and all the hurt. But I do think that there are some principles that will help us to navigate our way through the holidays. I want to begin by, first of all, talking about the king of comfort. And, of course, that would be God. He is the source of all comfort. Listen again to what Paul writes in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Now note, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Paul here is simply saying that God is a God of comfort. He is a God of mercy. He has active pity towards those of us who belong to the body of Christ. Does God concern himself with our affairs? The answer would be yes. Does he care when we're hurting? And really, that question carries its own answer because the answer is yes, he does. A very popular passage, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. So what about this God of comfort, the source of comfort, this king of comfort? How so? I would remind us that first and foremost, we have the assurance of prayer. To know that there is comfort derived in prayer. I want to call attention to a passage of Scripture. I want you to look with me very quickly at Psalm 55, if you would. Look at Psalm 55. David, of course, is writing this psalm. And listen to what he says in verse 4. My heart is severely pained within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. Horror has overwhelmed me. And then listen to what he says in light of all of this. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then I would fly away and be at rest. Have you ever been in the midst of some type of circumstance in which everything seems to be swirling at 100 miles an hour? And your life seems to be upside down and you... And deep down inside, you just think, you know what, if I could just get away from it all, somehow remove myself from this storm, I could find some rest. Well, that's how David felt. Now drop down if you would. And listen to what he says in verse 16. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening, morning, and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud. Now listen. And he shall hear their voice, or hear my voice. David here is saying, look, I can go to God in prayer in the early hours of the morning. I can go to God in prayer at noontime, at evening time, and I have the assurance that my prayers are heard by God in heaven. 
Do you remember the words of Peter in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12? The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. That means God hears your prayers. So when you go before the throne of God and your life is hurting, you feel broken, and you have dread, you lack joy in your life, you can go to God. Now I want to ask you a question. When you go to God, what should your response be? In other words, what should you anticipate? Well, look at Hebrews chapter 4 very quickly. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Another well-known passage. I want you to see what the Hebrew writer said in chapter 4 in verse 15. He said, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Sometimes we sing the song, The Sympathizing Jesus. Is Jesus sympathetic to our needs, to our wants, our desires, to our hurts? Yes. But listen to him in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. And here we are, we're hurting. And the writer said, we draw boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So what about the assurance we have in prayer? The assurance is God is listening and God is actively working on our behalf. He listens to every word, every, every syllable, every single thing we say, the Lord hears. So yes, he's mindful of us, he cares. So first I think about the assurance of prayer. Secondly, the assurance of his presence. Do you remember back in Joshua chapter 1 when God called upon Joshua to become the leader and lawgiver of ancient Israel? There was a statement made by God that I think is really encouraging. God said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So what we could say is, just as God was with Moses, just as he was with Joshua, he'll be with us, whatever we face in life. When Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, and he's writing from a Roman prison cell, and the time is about A.D. 61 or 62, and here he is confined to prison, and yet Paul says in chapter 4, verse 5, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is nearby. Even though he was in prison, even though life wasn't necessarily going his way, he had the assurance, he had the comfort that God was with him. And then the well-known passage, Hebrews chapter 13, where the writer said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. To know that God is always present. God is ever present. We call it omnipresent, don't we? And then there's a second thing along these lines. We talk about the source of all comfort and then the scriptures that afford comfort. Let me call attention to a passage in Psalms. Look at Psalm 119 with me for just a moment. Look at Psalm 119 and listen, if you would, to what the psalmist said In verse 50. In Psalm 119, verse 50, the psalmist said, This is my comfort in my affliction, 
Now listen to him. For your word has given me life. Have there been times in your life when things weren't necessarily going as planned? We talked about some of the crises that we face in this life. And in the midst of affliction, have we sometimes turned to the scriptures for comfort, solace, encouragement? The answer is yes. When Paul wrote to the church, or rather, well, when Paul wrote to the saints in Rome, he said that those things that were written before time were written what? For our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. I would encourage you to go back and read the Psalms. As we face the holiday period, for some folks, it's not a period of joy and happiness. It's a time of dread. And so in light of this time in your life when maybe you're hurting, go back and read the Psalms and live with David for a few days and look at the highs and lows, the mountains, the valleys that he faced in life. And note if you would, when he was down in the valley, one of the things that he would stress over and over and over again was his deep trust in God. As a matter of fact, he would say on one occasion, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. And so, look at the scriptures and remind yourself of all the great promises of God. One of the great promises that comes to mind is the fact that even though life may not necessarily go as planned, and even though we have hurts and anxieties and times of difficulty in life, to know that there is something better in the distant. That something better is heaven, isn't it? Better place, better people, better environment. And so, a lot of comfort there. There is a second thing I want to share with you tonight. First, we talk about the king of comfort, comfort and then secondly, the, king, the kingdom of comfort. Those of us who are members of the church, we're part of the kingdom of God, aren't we? We're a part of the body of Christ. And so listen to what Paul said again in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Now listen to him. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any tribulation with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Two things here. We have the opportunity to reach out to those who are hurting, don't we? Some of us have lost people that are near and dear to us. There's some of you here, you've lost a mate. You've lost a grandparent. You've lost a sibling. You've lost a child. And so you can empathize. You can sympathize. You understand, don't you? And so as Paul said, just as you have been comforted, you can be a comfort to others. Paul said that we are to rejoice with them that rejoice, weep with those that weep. In Galatians 6, 2, he said, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You have the ability 
to comfort others. And I think that's what Paul is saying here. We've been comforted by God. In turn, we can comfort others who face tough days, difficult days. So I, I would encourage those of us to reach out to the hurting. Second thing, I would encourage those who are hurting to reach out. Now you may ask the question, why would I encourage that? Sometimes one of the best ways to overcome a sad, a sad heart is to lose yourself in service. In other words, get busy. Do something for someone else. Serve them, serve their needs. You remember in Matthew chapter 25 when Jesus talked about that great and final day when he would come and all his holy angels with him and he'd be seated upon the throne of his judgment? And he said, I was hungry and what'd you do? You gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. He said, I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and in prison. And what'd you do? You came to me. And then they asked the question, well, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick and in prison? When did we do all these things? And he said, inasmuch as you did it unto one of these least of my disciples, you did it unto me. Sometimes the greatest cure for a broken heart is to serve others, to reach out to other people. I promise you there are people in the church right here that are hurting I can assure you there are people right here in this congregation. They're dreading the holidays. They do not look forward to them. It's not a festive, joyful time. And you, you could be a difference in their life by trying to help them. Help them with words of comfort, words of encouragement, a card, a note, a call, a visit, whatever. Send them, a, send them some food, whatever. But reach out to others. Lose yourself in service to God. Would you bow with me in prayer? Our Father in heaven, we're grateful for your love and care. We're grateful that you're a God of comfort, that you genuinely care about us. And Father, we pray for those who are hurting at this time of the year. While many of us may not fully understand the depth of their hurt, their sorrow, their loss. We ask your blessings upon them. We ask that you would be with them and comfort them and help us to be a comfort to them. Help us to be an encouragement to them. And help us to live as you would have us to live so that one day we might be together in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ, believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Why not do what they did on Pentecost Day when Peter said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus, for the remission of your sins. If you'll do that, the Bible tells us God will add you to the church. And in the church, you'll enjoy the hope of life eternal, Titus 1, verse 2. If you're here tonight and maybe you're not faithful to the cause, maybe your life's not what it ought to be, we want to encourage you to come home. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. The Bible says confess your faults one to another, pray one for another. We'd be happy to do that tonight as we stand and sing for your encouragement.